You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. For more information, please visit desperationonline.com. This week, Tyrell and I have the opportunity to talk with Aaron Stern, pastor of The Mill, uh, which is a weekly gathering of over a 1,000 college students and 20-somethings. We get to sit down and talk with Aaron about what it looks like to love God in and through these really important Bible years. All right, so we're sitting here with Aaron Stern, Pastor Aaron Stern, and Aaron Stern has spoken uh, at Desperation year after year, and he also leads The Mill, which is our college and 20-somethings uh, gathering here on Friday nights at New Life Church, and you've been doing this for um, for about a decade now, and you grew the mill from 40 students or so to now we're over a thousand gathering every week, and so we just wanted to glean some wisdom from you and um, and just get to know you a little bit. And so, welcome, glad that you're here. And thank you, thanks, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'd love just to even chat a little bit, like like Tyrell said. Uh, 10 years, give or take, you know, a little bit of doing the mill. You just had like a 10-year big Yeah, big 10-year birthday bash. Yeah. That's great. Uh, what have been some of the high water marks? Actually, just makes me feel old. It's, yeah. It's I, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. What, what are some of the high water marks, some of your favorite memories doing this through the years? You know, what do you remember stands out? Yeah, it's, it's fun to be able to have a birthday party, so to speak, or some sort of kind of celebration time when you can look back and... Really what it causes you to do is look back and reflect on all that God has done mm-hmm. and the ways in which he has been at work in this community. And um, it's been such a privilege to be a part of working with college students at 20-somethings and be a part of their lives, be a part of massive decisions, the wives that yeah. they choose or the husbands that they choose and the and the big decisions of what to do with their life, where they go to school. And, right. and, uh, and really, in, in a much bigger way, um, how they interact with God and, and all those things. And so, you know, I, we could go down the list of, of you know, the, the fun way and the excitement that it's been to see the mill grow. Um, the att- in attendance on a Friday night, it's been amazing to, to see that. It's been amazing to see... Um, uh, the number of students, we've had about 1,000 students go on missions over these past 10 years. Wow. At one point, we sent 250 students all at once um, wow. to Africa. Um, That's kind of a crazy trip. That yeah, I think I have that. some gray hairs because of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so we can talk about those things, but really I think the things that stick out in my mind are the, are the things that go on in people's hearts that maybe aren't quite so immediately noticeable. Yeah. Um, you know, we can spout off numbers all we want, but... Um, really God is at work so very personally in people's hearts mm-hmm. and to be able to pastor and walk alongside mm-hmm. people as they make choices and, and, and really when they come to that place where they realize I, I'm giving myself over to God, I'm surrendering um, I'm engaging with the community of believers, I'm diving into the scriptures and you see the transformation start to happen which yeah. doesn't always happen very quickly but over time to walk with some people for two, three, four five, six years um, is such a privilege, and yeah. and it's encouraged, so encouraging to see God at work. Sometimes in places that you don't know how anything can happen. So sure, right. well, I think it might be valuable to some of our listeners um, just to hear, you know, like what's one of the most common questions that you get from college age students? <laughs> uh, certainly, one of the most. There's probably three actually. I've kind of boiled it down to at least in some sort of general category. Okay. 
First one is, who am I going to marry? Yeah. <laughs> the big million dollar question in yeah. the uh, in the and mind. And you just tell of, them. You're just like, well, and I tell them, yes. I like to tell them that uh, <laughs> Jesus loves them and I have a wonderful time for their life. <laughs> um, and so, so, but they're wondering who they're going to marry. You know, if they found the one, if they know the one yet, how do they know? That kind of thing. Um, which is an important question. Who you marry will determine the course of your life in right. significant ways. Um, what am I going to do with my life? Is a huge question. Um, am I? What am I called to? What? What am I not called to? How do I know that? How do I get there? How do I hear the voice of God? How do I? Um, how do I make enough money when I yeah. when I what I feel like I'm called to doesn't make any money? Right. <laughs> right. You know, those are big, big questions. And again, really important questions to be asking. And then I think finally is what do I do with God? Mm. I think. At 18, 19, students are moving out of mom and dad's house, sometimes. Um, <laughs> 30, 30 31. Yeah. Uh, and some, you know, they, they may move back in. That happens quite often. <laughs> but, but, you know, they, they starting to gain, you're starting to gain some, a new level of independence, a new level of freedom, and oftentimes maybe moving away, going to college, living in the dorms, renting an apartment with some friends, whatever the case might be, they're growing in that level of independence. And as they come into this level of independence and freedom, I think there's some questions that they ask, uh, and a lot of them do have to relate to faith. Mm-hmm. And I grew up maybe maybe they grew up going to church, and and because they went to church with their parents, their parents did. Mm-hmm. And now they're asking the question, why am I going to church? Right. Because I don't have to go to church anymore because I don't live in mom and dad's house anymore. Or am I just a Christian because my parents are Christians, or do I, do I really love God? And right. those types of things. So, to me, that that obviously is such a huge, important mm-hmm. question, and something that I think we need to be training our students to know how to answer. Yeah. Starting in when they're young, not just in college. Right. Um, but that's oftentimes where the where the question really gets presented, yeah. and they really have to grapple with it. And I think that's okay in terms of. Uh, like I always say that I don't think God is afraid of us asking questions as long as we're really asking him questions yeah. and seeking those things out. Why do I go to church? Why am I a part of this community? Why? What does God feel? I mean, I, I think the day we live in, there's uh, so many things that the, this age group of people are asking. I think the Lord wants us to ask him, and what's yeah. your opinion? Absolutely. You know? And in so many ways, as I've talked to different people, I've, I've realized that there's some, in some ways, that they've somehow heard that to ask questions... And to have questions is to doubt. Hmm. And I actually think that to ask questions and grapple with our questions, I mean, the Bible right. says work out your salvation with fear mm-hmm. and trembling. Mm-hmm. And to, to engage God in that way is such a wonderful thing and actually deepens our faith. And it also ha- is helpful for us to recognize that God is bigger than our questions. He's yeah. not scared of our questions. Yeah. Right. Um, and we may not, it doesn't also mean that we're going to find all the clear-cut, easy answers. We may right. end up coming to the place where we realize the answer is trust God. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that should be our first response, and I think sometimes we quickly, quickly want to be like, well, I don't know, just trust God. And yeah. it's just a cliche, quick, easy slogan answer. And that might be the ultimate place, but we actually have to get to the place where we actually do trust God. Yeah, right. And, and so, so, yeah, it's, it is okay to ask questions, and, and I think it's valuable for people to know that they have the freedom to do that. One of the things that I think is so important as we ask these questions is that it's not just... Me by myself, I kind of go into yeah. a, a hole yeah. and ask these questions, and I'm not 
surrounding myself with people that that I trust and people that care for me because we need people that are going to help us like not drive ourselves off a cliff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, they would say like, dude, you are totally talking about some stupid stuff. You're an idiot. Stop <laughs> yeah. that. You know? Right. Yeah. And so we need to surround ourselves and not be isolated. We also need to be reading like not only the Bible, but we need to re- be reading people that have, I, per- I, I prefer reading books by dead guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love dead heroes. Yeah, that's right. And, and because their works have stood the test of time, and we we read them because they have spent a lot more time than we have. Yeah. And it's not that we have to swallow everything that they say hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. But what I what I think is is as we're searching out these questions, is that we the well that we draw from actually has something in it. Mm-hmm. So we have friends to keep us from driving off the cliff, and we have a well full of of truth of the Bible, um, truth that other people have mined and found for themselves and found for us as the community of faith. Right. Um, and then, of course, just a talking and a walking with God that we're truly presenting it, like you said, yeah. presenting it to God. We're actually asking God the question and not just mad. Yeah. I love how you say, um, I've heard you say before that it's not just okay to ask questions, but it's good to ask questions because asking questions leads us to answers. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I love how it's represented in such a way that it's like, it's not so much a, we're asking questions with an ulterior motive to, um, find out that what I'm asking about isn't true or whatever, but asking questions in seeking the truth, you know? Absolutely. And I think that if we, I, I, I like to say it this way, and I know this is maybe sometimes in the middle of the question, in the middle of maybe some wrestling, this is hard to, to come to, but, but if we can ask questions with a posture of faith, in mm-hmm. other words, in other words, I'm going to ask this question of God, why do, I, why, why do we have church, let's say, or yeah. why is Jesus the only way, or something like that. I mean, big, those are huge questions. Right. Right. That we're asking those questions with um, a belief that God does have an answer for us. Mm-hmm. That's totally different than, um, you know, is Jesus the only way? Thinking he's not really. So, so we kind of go in right. with this preconceived idea of what yep. the answer is already. So we're not really willing to hear some answers or hear some things that we're going to have to think through and and learn yeah. to understand. Yeah, that's great. I think even as we talk about uh, the mill hitting the ten year mark, you know, we talk all the time around here is ten years is such a a watermark and with students in the furnace or DLA, we want to see 10 years from now that you're still living this. And obviously we want to see 20 years and 45 years, but um, what has been some of the things that, as you've seen, because as you started, maybe those students that were first at the, the original gatherings, you know, where there's 40, 50 people, or just through the years, uh, what are the ones that the people that have lived it and sustained it and kept kept pursuing the Lord, what do you feel have been some of the secrets to that? Yeah, I, I I think that sometimes we need to make sure that we don't make it too complicated. Mm. I was talking to a guy that actually just got saved. Uh, he's been saved now for about a year and a half or so. And he said, I, I really am hungry to grow, and I really want to know God, and I want to I I be a man of God, and I want to be strong. I want to I finish well. Great, great guy, but definitely young in the faith. Right. And he's and I said, well, what have you what what have you heard? What's going on? And he started listing off this like all these different things that people were saying: do this and do this and don't do this and make sure you do this and memorize that and yeah. and take care of this and go meet with this person and do that. And he said, I'm running out of time <laughs> in my day in my week yeah. to do all of these things. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if you know certainly good intentions, but if we've complicated it too much, you know. Right. And um, 
and there's lots of ways that I think different things can look, but I think if we were to boil it down to some very important or some basic things, um, community of faith is so mm-hmm. huge. Um, my youth pastor, when I was younger, used to say, um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that is so, so true. And when I meet with college students that have thrown made a disaster of their life and they're trying to fix it, I'll oftentimes ask them, tell me about your friends. Yeah. And all, almost, I would say 99.9% of the time, the, their friends were not the friends. They, they, the friends helped them go in the wrong direction. Right. Sure. They did not put themselves around the people that were going to help them grow towards God yeah. and, and challenge them and support them. And that's, that's a God-designed body of Christ, yeah. local church, local community thing. That it, it's, it's not just a social club. Yeah. It's not just to put yourself around Christian people so you can do Christian things. Yeah. Um, there's a deeper, more supernatural uh, thing involved in the community and the strength that comes from the body of Christ. So community is huge. Um, staying, con- just being consistent. I think sometimes we want to grow so fast that we want to do. We try to do everything all at once. Mm-hmm. You know, the bo- the human body takes about thirty gallons. Should we should be drinking about thirty gallons of water a month? And you know, that's uh, about a gallon a day. Um, you know, you can cut that down, obviously, but anywhere from 20 to 30 gallons a month is what the body needs. How stupid would it be, and really unrealistic, if we try to drink 30 gallons of water on the first day of every month? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, your body wouldn't handle it, and even if you could and drink, let's say, 20 gallons in the first two, two days, um, three days later or whatever, you're going to be thirsty again. Right. Yeah. And so it's not a matter of like trying to throw yourself into the deep end and have to drink all the water out of the pool, but just one little slice at a time. And I think sometimes we don't feel like we're doing a whole lot and we're not moving all that fast. But if we keep being consistent and we read the scriptures and we spend time with our, with the community of faith and we spend time seeking God and, and we do that, it doesn't have to be hours and hours every day, but just little bits every day, every day consistently. Then you can look back in six months, a year, two years, and you look back and you can see the growth. You don't feel the growth. You feel growth when you're trying to drink 20, 20 right, right. gallons of water at right. once. But you don't feel the growth when you're just taking these little you tiny steps. Pain. That's right. <laughs> well, we really see that in our communities here. I'm sure you do in the mill. And we see within DLA and the furnace, students moving here from all over the nation. And, and they see other students their age in the same season of life. And they see them running hard after God. And they're like, you know... If they can do it, I can do it. And then we see students that sometimes they're they're struggling, but they look across the way and they're in this community, and they're and and the other people around them, their friends and their brothers and sisters, um, seeking after God is something that's just encouraging them, even in their weakness and even even in times of struggle. That they're like, you know what, they're still going for God. I'm going to keep going for God. And then the next week it might be vice versa. You know, the other person struggling and looking at that person. And so the community is just so vital to uh, growing in your faith. And then we also just really like to um, emphasize consistency and discipline here. And so um, just doing life together, like you said, I mean, it's really, it's not like, uh, you know, people come to desperation conferences and it's this big, huge, awesome conference. Well, within the internships, within the mill, you know, what we do is day to day, learning theology, um, seeking after the Lord, getting into the scriptures and, you know, feeding ourselves on God every day, little by little. And we look back and we say, wow, God's done a work within me, you know? Yeah. And there's definitely value in 
coming to a conference and and, it's, mm-hmm. and you you get a, a big goal, yeah, so, <laughs> so to speak, in a weekend, you know. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's I mean I know that's why we that's why we do the furnace and that's why we do DLA is is that sometimes it's sometimes we 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 need the a massive course correction and we say right. okay I need I need to realign my my brain I need to realign yeah. my heart and we jump into this this thing but it's also a matter of setting patterns you know and I know that DLA in the furnace does that mm. provides an, a, a structure that gives um, hopefully some good patterns and some rhythms and some kind of you train your body so to yeah. speak you train your mind you train your spirit to kind of go in a particular direction and and then and then as you do that you just start to keep doing it yeah know? well I just wanted to see if we could change directions a little bit and get to know Aaron Stern the conference <laughs> yeah. speaker you know and so I'd love to hear just like two or three things that you're passionate about I know you uh, I know you've mentioned Mountain Dew before in the past, and, <laughs> and uh, but we just want to get to know you a little bit and what you're passionate about, what you like to do. Yeah, anybody that follows Aaron on Twitter knows Mountain Dew, the incline, yes, and that he has a lot of boys at home. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of sons. I have four sons: um, Parker, Cohen, Brooks, and Smith. Sounds like a law firm. Put it all together <laughs> just nicely. We had, when we were having our fourth son, we always thought that it would be funny if it was if we if it was like Parker, Cohen, Brooks, and Mike. <laughs> so so yeah we love our boys it, two four six and eight are their ages right now and um and so it's it's God a wonderful Jassy, yes my wife is a superstar she had one sister growing up and so wow. this whole like world of boys is like uh, 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 like dropping her into another planet and so <laughs> we have lots and lots of fun for sure um my wife and I have been married for 16 years this summer, so um, so yes, we're, we're doing that. I think in my my spare time, I have a 107-year-old house, and uh, so in my spare time for the past 10 years I've lived in that house, I've remodeled, I've probably touched every inch of that house, like <laughs> painting or scraping or uh, doing and that's, something. And that's fun for you. It is, it is. I think it's one of those, uh, I, work, I grew up working for my dad. He owns a construction company, and so in the summer times and breaks and weekends, sometimes I would work for my dad, and so he'd get me up on Saturdays at six, and I hated <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. But now I look back on it, and I was, I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for the skills, um, and I'm grateful for the time that I had with my dad. Yeah. Um, you know that we had throughout the summers and things like that, and um, so so yeah, so I enjoy doing that. I think it's partially because I get to do it when I want to. I don't have to wake up at six. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And cool. uh, yeah, so so enjoy that. So you are a Colorado product. Love the mountains, all that stuff. Yeah, grew up here in Colorado, and um, I don't know how people. No offense to any of you that live in places with lots of humidity, but I can't. I have no clue how you guys deal with it. Um, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and so yes, Colorado to me is is heaven. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks, Aaron, for your time. It was super fun just hanging out with you a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we love the mill. want to even invite anyone in Colorado Springs, or if you ever are in Colorado Springs on a Friday night, come up, 7 p.m., uh, come to the mill, hang out. It'd be great. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thanks. See ya. You've just heard from speakers and leaders from Desperation, a ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Youth Leader Prayer Summit, please visit desperationonline.com.